Previously on Colors. The second of three podcasts from Minneapolis. A seasoned TV news director takes a look back at the day George Floyd died. It was unbelievable. Gary Wordlaw is the news director at WNDU-TV in South Bend, Indiana. I was stunned. I couldn't, as I watched the video, I couldn't understand how anybody could keep a knee on the neck of another human being. With people standing around looking, and the guy's obviously dying, and yet someone thought that was okay. We talk about that and where the allies have gone since George Floyd's death. Coming up in this episode of Colors. I'm Brianna Rice. I am black and I am from Cincinnati, Ohio, but I'm currently in Detroit, Michigan. My name is Jenny Gable. Um, I'm Cuban-American, um, but I'm from Southern Maryland um, near D.C. My name is Alexandra Coneyards. Uh, I'm originally from a small town in Belgium, but I've been living in the U.S. since I was 12. I am half Ethiopian and half Belgian. My name is Dominique Lavignier. Um, I am black and Puerto Rican. I'm originally from the Chicago area, and now I'm currently living in Bakersfield, California. Four intelligent, diverse, and outspoken young women who are journalists talk about race in America. That's coming up in this episode of Colors. Simmering racial tensions. Segregation now and tomorrow and forever. Fighting injustice. I have a dream. Conflict looming. Brutality exposed. I can't breathe. I can't breathe. The search for solutions starts here. From WTOP in Washington, D.C. This is Colors, a dialogue on race in America. Check the mic and make sure it sound right, boys. In September, I was in Minneapolis for the RTDNA conference. I took the opportunity to seek out some voices for the Colors podcast. And we've done two podcasts made up of some of those voices, Minneapolis voices, I call them. This show is a special treat because we've got four people at the same time, four young female journalists. They're all intelligent, confident, and outspoken. In addition to that, they represent a broad cross-section of races, ethnicities, and cultures. It sounds right, boys. So before we start, I'll let them introduce themselves. I'm Brianna Rice. I am black, and I am from Cincinnati, Ohio, but I'm currently in Detroit, Michigan. My name is Jenny Gable. Um, I'm Cuban-American, um, but I'm from Southern Maryland um, near D.C. My name is Alexandra Coneyards. Uh, I'm originally from a small town in Belgium, but I've been living in the U.S. since I was 12. I am half Ethiopian and half Belgian. My name is Dominique Lavignier. Um, I am black and Puerto Rican. I'm originally from the Chicago area, and now I'm currently living in Bakersfield, California. You're listening to The Colors Podcast, and please keep listening. It's been three years and some time since George Floyd died. Do you, do you still see the same kind of support and interest for diversity and fixing things that were wrong when George Floyd died. Do you see that same interest now? Hi, it's Alexander. <laughs> I think it has died down a lot. I mean, 
Um, you know, we previously mentioned how everyone was posting black frames. I don't think that kind of support is necessarily felt by um, as much of uh, the population in the U.S. right now. Um, and I think that there's also desensitization to it, where in a way it's people are just thinking of it as in the similar way that, you know, when there's school shootings, now people are like, oh, there's just another school shooting, which is terrible, by the way. Let me say that. Yeah. That it's really disappointing that it's become desensitized. But police brutality, too, I think to a lot of people, they're like, oh, it's just, you know, another time that a police officer does something absolutely terrible. So, unfortunately, I think that it's becoming so common to see that people are just letting it go in one ear and out the other. So, I do think that the support has died down a little bit. Okay. Dominique Lavignier, um, I would say, kind of like you mentioned, it has... I think it's I think it's significantly changed from what we saw when George Floyd initially passed. You know, I think a lot of us in the black community thought of our loved ones. You know, I thought of my dad. What if this happens to my dad or my brothers? Um, And I think, you know, that kind of emotion that came from that was so heightened in that moment because all of us were thinking about the people that we love and we care about. And I think there was kind of a a greater sense of support in the black community as well as, you know, outside of that. But now I think after that, there has been a lot of desensitization. You know, we have Tyree Nichols and that, you know, after, you know, such a huge response from George Floyd, I don't think there was that same kind of galvanizing together for Tyree. Um, And, you know, we don't know how many other young black kids are going through the same thing right now and aren't. We don't know their names. And I think that's, you know, heartbreaking. I think that's, you know, a big part of when something like this happens to know the names of the people who have lost their lives. Um, And I don't think we're we're seeing that same thing right now. Uh, My name is Jenny Gable, um, and I also agree with what they were saying. I feel like when um, the George Floyd like tragedy happened, people kind of took it as like, I don't want to say like a trend, but on social media, the way that they were talking about it and like almost it's like fake advocacy because then now years later, a lot of people aren't really like a part of these discussions, even though things like this are still happening. It's almost like a desensitized to it. Um, And there's just like that support has kind of fallen off. So I feel like a lot of the support there was initially just because it was like trending which is very horrible because it's a real thing so i feel like communities need to do better at like supporting um the black community and other minority communities like in the face of that brutality and it shouldn't be a trend i'm brianna rice and i would say yeah i think we're right at the point where everything's fallen off with these layoffs we've seen a lot of people who were diversity directors get laid off like this whole idea of even in newsrooms of what they were supposed to be going after i think they've already given up on that but i do see other things i think that there are a lot more activists um who are gathering in in local communities than i saw before george floyd which is really um inspiring to see i think um, what our generation really is looking for, though, is that, like, uh, what they had with Martin Luther King and in the 1960s of that big thing that kind of tells you how to do this and how to step up. I think people are really lost on what to do with these issues, but I do think people are still engaged. I think people are learning what they can. Um, and it seems like young people, I mean, even with so much access to social media, people are, are trying to figure out all of these things. I don't think they have the right answers most of the time, but... Um, I think, yeah, the leaders, I think, have already kind of let it let it fall off. And um, 
I think local communities are still dealing with a lot of these issues, but I don't see it in that big way where everybody everywhere was out, where so many of us saw in the streets like this anger or where people who are white or just don't care about race or these things also got upset and came together and were like, that is wrong. I think that's what George Floyd, his death and murder, like kind of represent to me. People I would never expect to care agreed like racism exists for once like it felt like we all were yeah no that's bad and and I think we're already past that where those people were like no that was different it's not the same and um it's hard to explain but yeah I think I think a lot of people still care and want to figure out what they can do with that what do you think we can do to fix it Jenny Gable um I feel like it's definitely a hard it's very complicated because I feel like everyone's trying to figure out exactly what can be done and I I really wish like I had an answer but I feel like just continuing to talk about it and education um and just yeah just continuing to talk about the issues and educating people that are from different backgrounds that maybe don't have these experiences and like people continuing to tell their stories of what they've been through and maybe other people can like come to terms and realize like yes racism does exist even if i've never personally been impacted by this so is is what i'm doing helpful yeah no i think that like having people from different backgrounds like talk about their opinions and like perspectives on race is a really important thing because i feel like it's something that a lot of people don't like talk about to each other because yeah it's not comfortable but i think it's really important and like sometimes those uncomfortable conversations are like they need to be had yeah. you know well Dominique Lavignier um I don't think that there is one single answer to fix all of this because um, I think if there was hopefully it'd be fixed by now but what I will say is I think there needs to be a rehumanization of people of color um you know we saw during slavery we saw a dehumanization of a group of people and I think in a lot of ways we still continue to see that And I think there's a lack of empathy. Um, You know, when you see instances of police brutality, there's almost an attempt for justification. Oh, well, this person was on drugs, or they were doing this, or they have a criminal history. And no matter what they were doing, what happened to them was wrong. And so I think there needs to be a rehumanization that we are just regular people. And I think by hearing people's stories and sitting down and I think something like this where you get to know where somebody's coming from and why they care about this and why it's important um to really think about you know the human elements this isn't just a number this isn't just another instance of police brutality this is someone's brother someone's uncle someone's sister someone's aunt you know this person mattered to somebody and when you really try to put that in perspective I think it gives you a lot more sympathy and empathy for that person to make a change so this doesn't happen to another loved one. Alexandra Coneyarts. I think that a very important step in the right direction of trying to fix this um, is exposure. I think that it's really important that people start to go to communities that they maybe weren't exposed to before and really trying to understand people who have different backgrounds than you. Um, I think that it's unfortunately a lot of people in our world are not open-minded and that the way to get open-minded is to try to you know have discussions and have conversations 
such as this one, but then with maybe people who have different opinions than you um, and try to get to a point where you can see that we are all human. Um, and it's very unfortunate that not everybody fully understands that or fully believes that. But I think that the first step to getting there is really being able to expose yourself to maybe situations that might feel uncomfortable. Um, the next thing is also like knowledge. I think knowledge is power and uh, finding ways to really educate ourselves um, about things, even like the history of the United States, right? Like there's so much that's not talked about when we talk about the history of the United States. Um, even like from when, the, before like the, the Brits came here, for example, right. you know? So um, I think that it really starts with realizing the roots of that dehumanization that yeah. you talked about. And, you know, if realizing that that comes from years years back all the way to you know yeah. where we are today and it's it's very unfortunate how you would think that today we have it figured out <laughs> but clearly we we don't yeah. um so i think that right now where we really need to go to is educating ourselves exposing ourselves to different places different communities um and uh, trying to get as knowledgeable as we can and always staying open-minded okay. the last question i'm going to ask you is if you have any thoughts that i haven't asked you about that you want anything you want to add um, Dominique Lavignier, I would say another big element um, that can be, you know, broken out to a completely different conversation is kind of this intersectionality of different identities. For me, I am a black woman. Um, I'm a Puerto Rican woman. I'm a woman. And I think all of those identities together bring their own nuances to this kind of discussion. Um, we go through something different. And I think there's there's added conversation or things that you can add with those intersections. Um, but I think a lot of times it can be really hard to kind of break that down because my identity is not the exact same as somebody else's. But I think the more we're willing to talk about what we all experience, no matter what background you come from, um, being willing to listen to someone else's challenges, I think really is, is the key to helping move our people forward in general. Um, Jenny Gable um, and I agree I think it's just a huge like matter of empathy and being able to like have these conversations and put yourself in someone else's shoes um, because like you said everyone comes from different races genders even classes and like those intersectionalities between you know those things can really impact the experiences that you've gone through that other people just really don't understand so if you can just I don't know have those uncomfortable conversations um, you can be able to better understand like Brianna Rice and yeah I think it is even controversial to say at this point but yeah education is the most important thing we can do here even just how I grew up I didn't understand that my own family was part of the great migration and like the history of like where they could rent and the things that they could do and what that has done to my understanding and growth as a person I, I can't imagine if other people got to understand that um, and I don't think especially with what's going on in public schools that people are going to get access and real understanding to the point that they can get that empathy without taking time with history and really um it's been really easy for my brothers to believe anything on tiktok and just you know some things that kanye west has said about people in slavery like i think we just actually don't have an understanding of what people in this country of all races have gone through and until we get there i don't think that there's anything um any real way to have a, a movement forward if you don't know where you come from that's amazing. Alexandra Coneyards. Um, I think that you guys already brought up some really great points. Um, the one small thing that I was just thinking about actually is um, to make sure that we always know the power of storytelling. Uh, there's 
great TED talk. Um, I believe it's called The Power of a Single Story or The Power of a Story. Um, but it's pretty much just talks about how every single story that you tell from the day you're born or that you get told has such a major impact on you. So that goes back to education, you know, everything that kids are told, everything that we are told throughout our education in college. It just has such an impact on who we are today. So we as journalists, I think it's very important to always keep that in mind and to know that, um, you know, our voice has a lot of power. So to make sure that we use it wisely. Uh, yeah. Perfect. Ladies, I want to thank you for doing this. And I want to say to you, I have four things that are important to me as a black man, as a journalist, and as an older person. Those things are, one, always using every opportunity I have to demonstrate empathy, intelligence, strength, and, of course, humility. And part of what you've just done today is shown me that young people, despite what people say about young people, you have all of those qualities. And I just want to encourage you to continue to work on this. And finally, this is a really beautiful representation of humanity all across race, blending of race, blending of races, blending of races and thoughts, ideas, the fact that you all just kind of coalesced, got here, sat here. I'm not sure if you knew each other before you came here or not, but you're here with us talking about your ideas. You all have beautiful smiles on your faces, and I'm so uh, happy. And please tell your parents, your guardians, that I am so proud of them for what they've done with you. So thank you. And I'm going to take a photograph of you to um, post with some social media because um, this is going to drop a week from tomorrow. And I'll give you the link as well to the podcast and my details as well. But thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Stay tuned for some thoughts about race in America and details about our next guest. You're listening to Colors. My name is Albert Takeshi Shimabukuro. I am a Japanese Okinawan here in the Washington, D.C. area. The 1980s, 1990s, um, I had multiple friends of different ethnicities. And um, I openly said I'm Japanese, didn't know there was a real difference. And um, one specific incident where I had a, uh, a friend friendship with uh, a Korean family and um, their grandfather. I met the grandfather uh, a year later and he speaks to me in Korean. I said, I'm sorry, I don't speak Korean. He asked me what my ethnicity was. And I said, I'm Japanese. And then he spits on me. And the anger and that he had was he yelled at his grandkids he goes you never play with him again because he's the one who killed our people how do you respond to that at you know 13 years old i left there really upset and tried to talk to my parents about that and they just said you know go away don't don't go to them just never see them again and later in high school i meet i see them again and they tell me you know grandpa has this anti-japanese mentality and i realized that a lot of a lot more other asians felt that way too this is Colors, a dialogue on race in America. If you have any questions or comments about Colors, send us an email. You can reach us at colors at thecolorspodcast.com. That's colors at thecolorspodcast.com. Coming up in our next episode of Colors. As you probably know, there is a conflict that's unfolding in the Middle East, in Israel and in Gaza, and we need to talk about that. There are some people that we know 
that have been impacted by this. So on our next episode of Colors, we're going to talk about this conflict and the impact from a media point of view, from a human point of view, and from a global political point of view. That's coming up in our next episode of Colors. Thank you to Hillary Howard, Mike Chikaitis. Thank you to Joel Oxley, Julia Ziegler. Thank you to the Core family, to Gina Baysmore. Thank you to the Collins family. Thank you to everybody that's helped us put this program together. And I want to thank Jesse Gallagher, Cosmic, and Oshane for our music. And I want to thank you for listening. I really do. Thank you very much for taking time to listen. And as I always say, keep talking to each other. And just as important, keep listening to each other. You can subscribe to Colors wherever you get your podcasts. This is Colors, a dialogue on race in America.